Hey, welcome back to the infamous podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And Daryl, this is episode 307, why the last comic book adaptation. If they keep doing it like this, absolutely, they need to just stop. Well, so after I shared the notes with you, I updated the subheader, so I don't know if you read that. I said, if you're not going to do it right, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Again. So, uh, yeah. Creatively so bankrupt people that think they know better than the original creative. Well, in the fact that their original and creators are executive producers. Anyway, we're going to get worse. to that. Yeah. We're going to get to that. We have no news bites this week. Uh, other than Simu Liu stepped into it, and <laughs> um, what a douche. Uh, but no, we're going to talk about Heels, uh, episode five, Swerve, and we're going to talk about the first three episodes of Why the Last Man, and we figured that can get us to about an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Probably more. We like to talk. We're very verbose. Maybe less. Maybe less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It might be... 20 minutes of heels talk in eight minutes of why the last man talk <laughs> or three. Um, anywho. Uh, yeah. So real quick, Daryl, how you doing? I'm uh, not too bad. Uh, not too bad. Uh, football season started. Uh, Michigan's two and O heading to be three and O on Saturday. So Ohio state's yeah, one and good. one. That makes yeah. you happy. Uh, it makes me not care. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, I don't, this week I, I but, was just. Oh, sorry. Good. I mean, there. I mean, not for me, but there is a major thing that happened this week. Why don't you, you know, share it with everyone, Brian? I went and got a massage today. Um, no, it's a welcome to the party, oh. pal, kind of thing. Oh yeah, I got. I sw I'm switching projects at work, and so I'm going to a, a different <laughs> a different job, and um. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, no, you're talking about how I went to the first day of the Cincinnati Comic Expo today. Continue. Oh, wait, no, the you're the random PS5 that I bought this week. Yeah. He is a part you're a part of an exclusive. I, I'm, I'm part I'm part of the like you like your your uh meme said, "Welcome to the party, pal." Yeah. So, with with St. John McLean. Um <laughs> <laughs> so no yeah i got a ps5 and it was like the weirdest thing i got an email i actually i thought it was spam i almost deleted it um uh, it was an email from the fine folks at at sony and it said hey you're a valued sony uh playstation plus network member where we have a limited number of playstations in stock starting tomorrow at three o'clock eastern time we're going to put them up for sale one per household. So you enter into the queue and uh, you have to be signed in with your PlayStation Network credentials. And, you know, I, I got one. <laughs> and a red, and I got, I got the red, I, you know, I always buy a second controller and I got the red one. Oh, okay. I did. So, so yeah, that's what I have to, I still need to get another controller. Uh, I will say, like, uh, to quote Carlo, my buddy Carlo, it's a chonky boy. Uh, but, <laughs> Uh, it's ugly. It's so ugly. Um, Dude, see, it that's, is so that's ugly. It's not even funny. I actually, I actually really like the the design of it, the aesthetic design of it. Of which the I know actual some other people... PS5. Oh, absolutely. It yeah. is. I don't like it as. It's the most plain looking thing I've ever seen. There's nothing plain about. No, that. no, no. It, it looks like it was just like a plain box left out, like plain 
plastic box left in the sun and it kind of melted funny and someone's like hey this is art <laughs> um because there's nothing on the front like there's just there's a usb-c and a usb port and that's it and it's just weird there's no light because the lights are like inlaid it's just very strange looking and i'll, I'll get yeah. used to it because i thought the ps4 was like the best looking PlayStation they've had since the PS2 because the PS3 was just like weird, nah. like, yeah. you know. But anyway, um, so no. I think where we're at is the 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 even number PlayStations will be aesthetically mm -hmm. pleasing, but maybe <laughs> not quite as good. This and is then... <laughs> probably my second because yeah, you're right. I actually yeah, the PS4 is for me the best looking PlayStation, and again, well. Who knows? Like next time, you know, maybe ten years from now, it'll be the size of kind of like a Funko Pop box you know, <laughs> with technology stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot in there. Um, so what what's the what's the storage capacity on yours? Eight twenty five. Okay, so that's I what think mine it is. is too. So yeah, yeah mine's eight twenty five, which I thought was a nice little like jump up from the. Uh, although to be honest, although to be honest, I thought they were, and again. Part of it, I think, is because it's an it's a true SSD. Yeah. But I thought it would go. They would start off at like one terabyte. Yeah. But well, I have five like terabytes could... attached to it. So, although so, yeah, it's only recognizing my external drive as the PS4, and it's mm -hmm. saying I need to like reformat it. But if I reformat it, I'm going to lose everything I have on there. Hmm. Mine didn't do that. It didn't. Uh, it we just might have automatically. Yeah, uh, I, I had no trouble playing my games. I had a little trouble kind of upgrading a couple of the games to PS5. It was, it was, they could have made it a much easier yes, process. Yes, I lost to... all of my progress on um, Rocket League. I'm no longer a level 60 Rocket League player. I'm a level one. Oh my gosh. Which was great because oh, I, was, I, was, I was playing in a level player. one oh. match today and uh, I scored like four goals. <gasps> So I was like, geez, you're going to be sandbagging people. Well, I'm a, I'm a defensive like specialist in rocket league. Like I like to like, I like to save goals. I like to do all that. But anyway, uh, let's get into heels. If, if we will, um, this was well, an interesting, what? Yeah. I was about to say someone, we solidified two heels in this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of, sort of all, all the way around. So, Okay, just real quick. Something we talked about last week happened, and it was so spoilers. Uh, so we, we were talking about how we didn't want Ace to do anything permanent to Bobby. And we're just going to jump to the end of the episode. He breaks Bobby's leg. And, like, I, I thought, you know, I, I thought it was dumb, honestly. I thought it was, like, you know, like last week's episode was called Cheap Heat. I feel like it's Cheap Heat for this. Um. They never should have tried to make Ace look like a good guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have much rather, instead of, um, you know, Jack being the the main heel in the company and kind of a douchebag behind the scenes, I, I, I feel like it would have been more interesting to see Jack as a good man behind the scenes who takes care of his kid, his wife, all that stuff, and is struggling with, you know, being a heel and the, 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 the guy for the Duffy Wrestling League. And Ace should have just been a piece of shit who thinks he's a good guy, which is that's part of what it is. 
But they also tried to have they have everyone telling us what a good man Ace is. What a good man Ace is. Ace, your, your your uncle's a good man. Um, no, he's 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 shit. He's he's a giant Nordic blonde haired pile of shit. Uh, so we may disagree. Well, well that. Last, I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, so they did the thing that we said when we talked about. I mean, we've been talking week. about it for a couple weeks, right? Yeah, we're the, like, and again, I in, I end up one of the reviews saying, I really hope because of the way they're trying to show that he's trying, mm-hmm. th- despite of the the bad shit he's done and said to people, right. he's trying to move forward. It's fine to have him step back here and there. It's fine to have him. I mean, as far as showing that he still ha- he's still basically a man baby, going with Trisha instead of Crystal. I, I could see that that jealousy thing, but the min- minute he did what he did to Bobby, breaking his leg, that set him back past the starting point. That set right. him back, you well, know, well, to that negative because three he breaks zero. It and he's like, "It was an accident. I didn't mean it." Yeah, and like, I'm sorry, Jack is just as culpable in this situation because Absolutely. he did not break it up. He did not. He did not yeah. make him stop. And yes. you know, it's just it's horrible. Um, no, but this. <sighs> You know, it as so I've, I, I, I've actually watched this one three times because I called you like, oh, I texted you right away. I'm like, watch this because I woke up last Sunday at like 3 a.m. and couldn't go back to sleep. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch Heels. Um, and I, wait, I waited until like a, 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 a nice time to text you to watch it instead of at four. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things where like I, I had a very visceral reaction at the beginning from in a, in a very sleep deprived state. So when I've gone back and rewatched it, the, the two times, like this is the highest rated episode of the show so far. Um, as far as like IMDB and, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the stuff I did like see that. that, the, just kind of the aggregates that are out there. And I agree with it. I agree. This is not my favorite episode, but I understand why this is the highest rated episode. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so let's let's just kind of like jump back in time. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jack is having to. So you know, uh, Stacy gets a Stacy got her job, and she's uh, you know getting ready to do work. And Jack's got to look after Thomas, and he's taking Thomas to to uh, the uh, the Duffy Dome with him to to get the show going. And uh, <laughs> it was great. She tells him specifically, "Do not get him a gerbil." And what's the first thing he does? <laughs> yeah so uh but actually the episode opens with crystal um giving a pretty damn good promo in the middle of the ring and you don't know what's happening like it's like is this the match are they are they actually starting off with just matches without any kind of context that's pretty cool uh but it's not it's uh you know it's her rehearsal and you know everyone's impressed except for ace and the way Ace yeah. acted, that's when I'm like, okay, he's going to do something awful in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because it started last week when, you know, he saw them at the bar. Just watching them together and seeing them together, he automatically assumes that they are together, despite the fact that he told her, you know, I'm not your boyfriend or yeah. What have you in front of everybody? So, yeah, and you still 
you still didn't apologize to her for treating her that way. No, he or, had the chance after when they were filming for, for yeah, keying his car. Yeah, he had the chance to do it uh, when they were doing that promo yep. at the gas station. Yep. But he then he's like, oh, I just want to tell you you're doing a good job. And it was because he couldn't apologize. He, he didn't have the strength mm-hmm. in him himself to apologize. Yeah. But then and then they go the whole man baby route. He mm-hmm. sees them, at, you know, on the, the trampoline. Yeah, that was from, yeah he, but that was from last episode. That was yeah, I'm, I'm saying oh, that's yeah, how yeah. it le- oh, I know, sorry, sorry, it's sorry. leading yep, to that. Yeah. yeah. So he, you see that. So you see that. And, and at first you're thinking, well, not thinking. I, I, this is what I was hoping is yeah. that may, we may see some of that, but that's it. Yeah. And he'll somehow not maybe not this episode, but maybe the next episode he gets over it and he can move himself forward. Mm-hmm. Instead, they continually moved him back. They continually, you know, not just the promo, but when he comes in, it's like, oh, yeah. Trisha's my new valet. Yeah. Well, and so then he back to but before we move on to Trisha, like the whole like that whole promo, that whole thing, like Ace says he doesn't like it. And then Jack backs Ace almost immediately because he's afraid to make him feel bad. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the best thing that we learned from all of this is that Bobby Penn is afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of it's so funny. You, you think back a couple episodes where he's on the top of the water tower. Well, and yeah, and, it and actually, yeah, it's it was it was an interesting layer, and like Ace had the best line. He goes, "Come on, it's as high as a couch." <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, the, yeah, like one one of my notes I have is as far as Jack's role in all of this mm-hmm. is he, is he's capitulating too much to Ace yes. to make up for what he did. You know, yeah, the first episode, and again, I think if Jack is set up as like a better better man. Like what he did in the first episode rings so much more tragic as we move on and less mm-hmm. petty, which is what it yeah. was. Um, and then like he could still capitulate to Ace like he does. And it's showing how like especially with what happens at the end of the episode. And I mean, it still shows this, but like his compromises with Ace are what costs Bobby his uh, you know ability to walk for a few weeks and Crystal, her shot in the spotlight. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, but then we get Wild Bill. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually like, at first I thought Wild Bill was kind of annoying. Um, but then we oh, get. Oh, no, no, he is, he is actually Well, but like, I, I didn't find it fun annoying. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Until last week. Then I was like, okay, I get it. Um, he's, he's, he's the hillbilliest version of Ric Flair that ever existed. Um, yes. And so, but he's given a press conference and he's talking about how he's going to do better and he's back and he's going to go to rehab. And then he's, uh, he goes to, uh, Stacy's work to mess with her and drops a jar of pickles. And as she's cleaning them up, they're both holding the pickle. And he goes, look at you, you and me, uh, my pickle in both our hands. Yeah, I almost had a lady in a tram yeah, moment. Almost had a lady in the tram moment. Um, but like, I, I I thought I thought for a second maybe Stacy was going to get fired, you know. And it's like, yeah, come on, too. like that's yeah. too much. That's too 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 much. But uh, I thought it was it was good. It was like that whole interaction was really 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 good because it sets up Bill like to be pretty irredeemable. And then what he does at the very end, very very end of the episode. Um, yeah. Well, not very, very end, but at the end of the episode, after what happens to Bobby, 
it makes it, it just but, makes it better. But yeah, he was the devil in everybody's ear. Like after that, when he got oh, there, yeah. he was the devil in, in Crystal's ear saying, hey, you know, talking about getting, when you get a feeling about something or a gut reaction or, you know, h- how something goes, you know, you just go with it. And, you know, he's just he's the, he's the agent of chaos, I would say, in this episode, because he everywhere he goes, like, you know, he has that confrontation early on in the episode with Jack, where he's like, hey, Jack, bring me on. I know what I'm doing. He's what a better way to. He's the variant of Loki we deserved in Sylvie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I don't even want to discuss that show. Uh, I refuse uh, to call it Loki. I, I like everyone's like whenever they ask about it, I always call it Sylvie, and like I get that look, um, and that sigh that you just made. But yeah, no, you're right, and you know I I keep thinking of like he is the uh, the anti Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> you know, Jiminy Cricket yeah. just wanted to help Pinocchio, uh, or Pinocchio, depending on how you, you want to say it, or just that strange wooden boy. Um, but he wants to just mess with everybody because, like, even like when you know we 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 see like in last episode <clears throat> with with Trisha, he's messing with her and with Ace, and then you know with everything, um. But yeah, it was it's uh it was it was so it like the promo was so good that scene with Stacey was so good. And then we go back to the dome and like Ace is super late showing up and you know, uh he just drops the bomb that Trisha's his valet, like you said. Yeah, and he has the nerve like this, I mean this it's not as bad as saying it was an accident when you purposefully injured a guy. Mm-hmm. But when he when he tried, he has the nerve to look at or sort of look at Crystal in the eye and say, you know, it's just business. It's nothing personal. Yeah. Everything he's doing is personal. Right. Because he's a little punk <laughs> that doesn't have, you know, the backbone of a man. Yeah. He, he doesn't like his character doesn't. And that's all well and good again. But they took it too far. We talk about. One of the things I, you know, I've been talking about dra- why I don't watch a lot of dramas is because they don't know when to rein it in. I mean, so I'm talking about dramas. Do you see like, they're missing I mean, restraint? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, example Frank, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, an example like, say, Grey's Anatomy. Something's been on so long. And, it's, yeah. and, and again, when it, you told me that was still it, on, I was shocked. Yeah, I think this is the last year, maybe. I don't know. But it's not just that show, but soap operas, you know, do that. You know, I used to watch, you know, back when I was at Miami, we'd, you know, sit in the common room in the, you know, at uh, Shriver and watch Days of Our Lives or something while I'm eating lunch. But soap operas, you know, soap operas are basically like wrestling, you know, wrestling, you know, oh, yeah. you do these stories that you, that's, that's all they are. Dramas take it, tend to, especially, I don't want to say especially nowadays, but there is a lack of restraint in writing. We see it in not just dramas. We see it in genre shows yeah. like The Flash or Arrow, even when Arrow was good. We see that. Right. This is another example of that. Instead of stepping back and saying, okay, what's the easiest way to make people not like him? Why didn't they say, you know what? What is it? What this character is going through? Where do we, where, where is he going to end up and why? And how is he going? It's, it's like you said, 
in the beginning of this this episode, cheap heat. And that's what it was. The lowest common denominator, that's what they took. That's what they ran with. And they've they've made him that at least this season, there's no way he can make amends for what he did. Right. From yeah. this season. At least maybe in my next eyes. season, maybe a yeah. season. Yeah. There's no there is no way he can right now. But I mean, who knows if there's gonna be a second season. Um Yeah. I, that's true. I, like I see like I see a lot of people in the uh in the comments on like Facebook with heels like Man, they I can't wait for season two. They have to do a season two. It's like you do do not be planning on it on a season two. You know? Yeah. Um but but yeah, it, it's I mean that whole thing with uh meeting Debbie for the like that was the first time we've met Debbie, right? The assistant. No, she's well she, that she's gotten like speaking yeah, roles yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh she was great <laughs> when she tried to stand up to Bill and just kind of like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, Bill. <laughs> Bill and her. Yeah. Um so Bill and every woman. Um but yeah, so the like that being the A story, right? I think it did a really good job. I really dug the B story this week with Rooster. Um and you know, Rooster going to Diego Cottonmouth to be like, hey, you know, why do you get to go? Why does he get to go? And why do I, why, why do you get to go over? And, and when is it my time? And like kind of the whole thing he's been having. And Diego's like, yeah, I, you know, you want to go over? You, I'll, I'll let you over. I don't care. I just want to wrestle. Like, I don't care about this mm-hmm. stuff. I don't care about Jack. I don't care about some stupid belt. I don't care about Duffy. I care about you. You're my friend. And I, I, I care about having fun wrestling. And so Rooster's like, you do that? And he's like, yeah. And they go through with this battle royal, which had some, like, you know, considering we only saw a little bit of it, there are some cool spots in that battle royal. And God damn it, James yeah. Harrison. Um, I say that every week. <laughs> apocalypse but, to you, sir. Yes, Apocalypse. Man, like, I kind of want to watch James Harrison wrestle, to be honest. Like, like maybe this is, like, maybe maybe he's going to get to go uh, to, like, you know, AEW or something. Um but yeah, I, and, and so they were going through it, and you know he had him over like Rooster had Diego where he wanted him to to push him out and and everything, and uh, he changed his mind, and uh, you know Diego, you know put him out, and it was it was a really cool moment, and I I I, I thought it was a nice turning point, and then they get backstage, and you know. Jack gives him some 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 platitudes like, "Hey, good job, you did awesome." And then Rooster goes, "What's my name?" And it's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Um, yeah. But then you know, Jack's like, "Your name is you know whatever the four names were," and he's like, "Your mom calls you this, your friends call you that." You know, like Jack knows everything about him, and he's like, "We'll we're, we'll talk when we'll we'll talk about this." And you know, it was just one of those things where. It's like, come on, man! Like, get over. And then, did you watch the preview for next week? Yes. So, like, just this previews for next week. He's meeting with uh, with uh, Mike O'Malley's character, um, whose name I'm drawing a blank. Whose on. name escapes us? Yeah. Uh, what's he called? I don't think. Uh, no, that's not it. Anyway, I don't even remember at this point because he's so. It's just Mike O'Malley with a beard. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but you know, he like he goes away and it's like, okay, like we're gonna turn a corner and like maybe like when they go to their thing, but um but the other part, the C story of this, like that's kind of like where the rooster stuff ended for this week, uh, for right now. Mm-hmm. But then the whole idea of the Georgia count the Georgia State Fair 
is they were gonna yeah. go go play and like again like Jack, this is the version of Jack I want to see in every episode where he's like not cursing out the Bible guy, you know, for for not sharing the same vision for the Duffy Wrestling League, um, you know, but selling what they do so well in their community and, and why they're so over. Um, and then even Thomas like had a nice little moment to shine. Yeah, I, I, that was I really love the conversation between Jack and Rooster because it, it actually showed us just I mean, yeah, we've we've seen him struggling mm-hmm. writing scripts. We've seen how he cares about the Federation or you know the DFL, mm-hmm. but it, that showed right there that he he knows his people. He cares about them, too. And I mean, it just it's one of those things that opens up a little bit more of Jack himself. He had a couple good moments yeah. in this Uh We'll get to the his his uh, promo against Wild Bill, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get. I, I want to close on that. Like, let's just save yeah. that for the video. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. But, and it's funny enough that you know, like you said, that think the story was that you know doing the the Georgia State Fair because that'll get a lot of eyes on them as you know as yeah, they're trying to grow and everything. And despite. And just watching the representatives for the state fair, watching this these matches, well, it was kind on. of reminiscent of dinner, Stacey. Hold on, them with dinner, yeah. a dinner with Jack was interesting because they were like, "Who is who? Who is this guy? Like, this guy is just you know, like some bumpkin from Duffy, Georgia, you know, because uh, it was a a lady, a dude, and you know, a uh, another kind of guy, and um." You know, and, and it was it was just really it was really funny to see how they changed as it went through, you know, uh, through the them as the match continued, as the as the uh, the event, the night continued. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, yeah, I, I did like that and just watching them like it. It reminded me of state when Stacy's friend, a, a bit of when Stacy's friends were there. Mm-hmm. And seeing their reaction to the finale, I guess you would call it right. the main event, and yet things go in a positive direction. You know, when yeah. despite everything going on, they say, "Hey, you all are in." Yeah, and you got you got the. It, it was, yeah, it was so interesting because I thought that's what it was going to go, but the way Jack sold it, you know, he just had that such a morose attitude, which again, I understand why mm-hmm. just because everything else, but then he, how he tells Willie, he's like, we got it. Mm-hmm. So, um, the other thing I think what, I think what actually sealed it is because, you know, what Ace did Jack, like kind of quit goat thinking there. And he was like, yeah, Bobby real Bobby pin really sells the pain. Um, yeah, which was, which was good. Like not good, but I mean, like it was good for for them to to kind of get over the edge there. Um, but the event ends with Wild Bill coming out after everybody's in shock. Like the the whole dome is just in silence, crickets, right? Like I wish I had a crickets thing. Um, and and Wild Bill is is out, comes out and 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 starts cutting this promo about. How the Duffy, how or how the Spade Boys are letting everybody down and and pissing on King Tom's memory and and all of that and and like the thing that you have to keep in mind is Tom Spade's only been dead for about a year, 
Yeah. You know, like we learned that last week. We we learned it's only been about a year. So um so he is still fresh in everybody's minds. And and for him to come out and say that was was huge. Um But yeah, you like you when when we talked about this, the first thing you talked about was uh was you know, Jack's promo that he cut on this after while bill was like let's do let's do the three of us you me and ace for the belt in a ladder match yeah that was i i thought uh bill's promo was a little bit like a little bit forced i i didn't catch i think it was supposed to be feel that way yeah, which but, which is yeah. is fine, but it, it's at the same time it takes something away from that scene because it's like he's reading lines, and and again, part of it could be that in the sense of Bill's been out of the game, sort of, so he's not, you know, he's not on his A game. Let's just put it that way. But Jack came in with you know he came in with uh with some flame and fire, and it was just like. Stephen Amell did such a great job in that scene. And not just in that scene. I thought he did. To me, this was probably his best episode in the sense that he had some very, very strong scenes with yeah. not just with this oh, one yeah. with Bill, like the first one with Bill yeah. and also with Rooster. Yeah. And just I thought this was probably his strongest episode for you know, just yes. not necessarily as a character, but as the actor and, you know, his him being able to emote and mm-hmm. just give us more of who Jack Spade is. Not, not so much Tom Welling face in every scene. Um, <laughs> here, let me, I, I pulled it up. Let, let's, let me just see if this will pick it up. So I, I feel almost like this is a face turn for him. Yeah, I, that's I the way, especially you think you hear how the crowd reacted to right. it. Right now, I mean they're reacting because they like Wild Bill, right? And, and Wild Bill is the face in in this with the fans, even though behind the scenes to us he's the biggest heel in the show. Um, but yeah, I just like like you said, like one Stephen nailed that, nailed it. I mean, yeah. You know, he's still not the superior Amel. You know, Robbie, <laughs> we got you, boy. Um, but um, which upload comes back soon? <laughs> oh, good. I didn't know that. Anyway, um, but no, it, that 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 was just great. And uh, I'll be honest, that was the second best promo of the night. 
because yeah, we didn't we even talk about to... we didn't talk about crystals. We're jumping all over the yeah. place. We, what we need to do is like make an outline for how we're going to talk about this show. Um, yeah, but it's more fun to just kind of hop all over the place and talk about things. Yeah. Like crystals promo, literally lit a match and threw it in a bucket of gasoline. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, you said like as you said, she started off the show with kind of her little practice mm-hmm. promo, and then when everything happened, you know, when you know Ace kicked her to the curb and they they brought up the that this was so wwf too like the poll oh we need we need to take pictures so they can show the crowd and everything i was like oh my god this is so wwe right wwf and then when she takes over again wild bill on that devil on her shoulder right like when they were signing autographs gave her that confidence to and that little nudge she needed to well, really set things to fire. The best thing is when they were signing autographs and uh, the kid asked Ace to sign it and he signs it and she goes, you might want to make sure he spelled that right. You know, those three little letters are hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's jilted, man. I mean, she she was she was into Ace and, and thought they had something and, and then they don't and or didn't. And he, uh, you know, he's just, yeah, I don't know. Uh all right, so let's say out of uh, let's just go with five snap shins. What do you give this one? <laughs> I give this a four. Uh, like I said, I think this was uh, Amel Stephen Amel's best performance so far in this sh- in this series. He he had a lot of chance to shine. Mm-hmm. Also, I th- Crystal was great in her promo and in selling the the hurt that she's feeling because Ace. Is, is is garbage mm-hmm. uh i thought wild bill really made solidified himself as a true heel like you said yeah. uh I, i'm really curious to see where rooster goes i just hope it it's not yeah i hope they show restraint with what they do with him i'll just put it that way stealing my word uh yeah i know and i yeah and that's why i could get a four at you know it could have been a four or five for me but that was a big big miss swing and miss they did when they had ace go as far as he did and that was just one of those things i feared would happen i was hoping the writers would have enough uh just have enough trust and creativity in doing something other than something cheap like that yeah so that's why i dropped a half a point for sure. me I, I give it a three seven five um just because Ooh. like well you know, I told you, like, I like I understand why people rated this one so high. This was not my favorite episode. Yeah. Um, while I liked what happened, I don't like the way they're getting to where they need to go. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I think again, this is where not having someone to root for in the show. If, if we had someone to actually root for in this show, we would have 100 percent. Um, I would have one hundred percent been able to give this a higher, higher score, uh, because Bobby's yeah. not someone who we rooted for. I mean, Bobby's, you know, he's just a nice guy. Yeah, plain and simple. So I don't yeah, know. It, it's yeah, he's one of those characters that it's like, it, like there's no reason to keep. And again, it's not; it doesn't come across as false. It comes across as just that's just who he is. It's just a nice guy, and. To watch that happen to him, it, and it just like I said, there's no way Ace can come back from this by eight seasons in. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. And like you said, who knows if they'll get a season two? 
Who yep. knows if we'll get a season two? Yeah. So. So. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's move on to the next topic if we have to. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we do. Um, so yeah, why the last man? Uh, finally, after years of of being in development hell, the show finally came to the small screen. Uh. You know, so Why the Last Man is based on the uh, the comic by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerrera uh, that ran from 2002 to 2008, 60 issues long, which is five years. Uh, it's one comic a month. I think they took a couple of months off here and there during the time. Um, but I'm gonna say it, that where where the 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 similarities between the comics begin and end is one the name. Two, yes. the names of the characters, and three, yes. it's a a plague that kills anything with a Y chromosome on the planet. Yeah. Uh from there on out, this is this is very this. I I told you. I mean, the way the way if for anyone who has asked me about this, I have told them this is the compendium to the comic book series about what's happening while Yurik and 355 are on their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I found this article on Slate about how it changes the comics. And I just want to read, I want to read the, uh, the, the part of this first. Uh, okay. It, it says, uh, the premise is pretty simple. A plague kills everything, every, th- every living thing on earth with a Y chromosome in a matter of days except for one extremely lucky man and his helper monkey. The comic book ran for 60 issues, blah, blah, blah. It's, and it says, it's a real time capsule today, full of ass-kicking strong female characters in the Joss Whedon mold, uh, mold and vintage uh, in the vintage aughts Vertigo Comics raunch. The, <laughs> the source material is also very much a comic book rather than a graphic novel, a fast-moving serial story that is constantly jumping all over the world and rapidly introducing and killing off characters at a pace that is ill-suited for the current television production model with a season long with season long arcs in A-list stars. Uh, so it says here also uh, for the TV version showrunner Eliza Clark made three major changes. The tone has been changed from the odd comics to high production value cable series. I'm going to question that for a second. In a second, all right, very questionable. Secondary characters have been added to help update the show's politics for the 2020s, and some characters' backstories have been flushed out in ways that make them more realistic. And then it goes through their their breakdown. Um, okay, so in the comic book, the main character is a guy named York Brown, who is 100 percent uh, a loser. He's agro for uh he's got agoraphobia. Oh. He doesn't like to go out. Um we we actually don't see him leave his apartment for quite a while in the in the in the fir- through the first couple issues. Um the other thing is is that this whole plague like they played this out for the first first 45 minutes of the first episode. And that was the exact wrong move. Yes. They should like the comic starts with York is on the phone with his girlfriend who's in Australia and all of a sudden every like they get cut off. And then 
you know, it, it jumps. There's just time jumps throughout the book that they should mm-hmm. have taken into account into the show instead of doing this real time. This this is not so as much as Battlestar Galactica is a show about politics that happened to be in space. This is a show about politics that is masquerading around the idea that it's a comic book adaptation. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, from my first notes, this is another example of an adaptation in name only. Yep. Uh, I, I was I was going to before today. I was looking at it as just from my standpoint of like without any backstory of the comic. This is not well done. This yep. is not a good story. Well, it's not the yeah. characters are weak. It's just it's just not well done. Well, this Slate article, right now. too, is like, because the TV show doesn't cram quite so much plot into its episodes as the comic book, it's York has to spend less time doing inexplicable things to serve the plot, which means it's York's feels like more of a complete person. This is crap. This York is the idea of a feminized male who is crying for his mommy, and when he finds her, he all he does is sit in her lap and cry. They actually sleep in the same bed like yes. he's a five year old. I was I was I was so disappointed um in these first three episodes. Like Hero. Hero's one of my favorite characters from the comic book. She's a badass. She's the badass they're they're like one of the two badasses that they're talking about when they're talking about these badass women. Um in in this book she uh, or in the in the show she actually kills her boyfriend. Yeah, kills him because she's Be- mad that he didn't tell her because that he, he, was, he didn't tell his wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, that did not. That's character assassination right there. Correct, because in the comic they were very much in love, which made what yes. happened to him all the more tragic. And why Hero went the way she did, joining up with the Amazons, right? Right. Um. Yeah. And like now she's got like a, a trans best friend who, you know is is like all concerned about testosterone and you know um in the in the original book when they found you know just trans people like they were they were killed because they thought they were men and they weren't they weren't like you know i mean this became like the whole world became very anti-male very quickly and in, Mm -hmm. in i feel like it became even more quickly in in the show um, but you know, the, the whole idea that we're following these people around is, it's just like, you know, they, we've wasted so much time. It's going to be like 10 episodes, right? They're again, planning mm-hmm. on, you know, lots of, of extra seasons. I'm thinking, I don't know. Um, but I, I feel like that's what they're going for. Uh, but like, even Diane, Diane Lane, I'm, I'm sorry, Diane Lane's best days are behind her. She offers, like, as a character who is supposed to be this congresswoman mm-hmm. uh, who becomes the president, which, again, well, we can talk about some of the changes from that in the book. She was, I mean, granted, she was leading the charge from the White House in the comics, but she seemed like someone that was a leader yes. in there. This version does not. Mm-hmm. This version, I don't know what they were going for with this version. And the whole thing with her husband and, you know, 
it wasn't necessary. Um, but like even that, like it, it's more about her. Like we're let's focus on her performance. She does not exude any type of leadership quality for someone of her station. No, she's very much the tyrant that you see from uh, the current version of her political party. Yes, and uh, we'll talk about her more, but Agent Three Fifty Five. I mean. Again, this is a character that we should know nothing about other than yeah. she's highly capable of doing what needs to be done to do the right thing. And instead, mm-hmm. like it opens like with her when we first meet her, she's undercover with a, you know, a right wing extremist. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, come oh on, come on, barf. You know, like. I I mean like, spoilers. I'm not watching any more of this crap. I'm not either. I'm, I'm like I had to struggle through these episodes. So, I struggled through these episodes. Yeah, and and there I'm not going back. I'm not. Right. It's just, and again, it's the whole like when you read they were talking about the, you know to uh, update the politics or whatever. The it's it's absolutely a joke. The writing and how they do some of these characters like uh. I think it, it was Amber Tamblyn who was playing the president's daughter yes. who wrote the book yep. Cancel Culture. Yeah. And they make her like just she's there for the jokes because she is on like she's representing the conservatives. Right. Her, and then, you know, then they talk about the who I forgot her name, but who's technically in line with. Oh, yeah. The actual being like, the next person pres- who should be president. And yeah. The, and know. they say, well, well, the president used her. Because, you know, she, they needed her far right votes or something right. like that. Or yeah, white supremacist. Like, like even racist vote too or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and it's. Yeah. I'm so tired of lacking talent. You lack the talent so much. You can't you can't be subtle with things. Right. Um, there have been shows that do politics well. Most shows don't. And again, part of those shows. like, And again, it's always not to get it's always like the and even in the comic there's there are actually some funny lines where it's like when they uh, the uh first attack of the white house and and again going back to Europe, he found his way into the white house himself yeah, right yeah he had agency he found a way to get there and here they had to go save him from a goddamn sewer yeah and and yeah it's, it's just like <sighs> This is one of my yeah, favorite I, comics of all time. Like this is right. this is in my this is in my top ten, one hundred percent. Right, and and part right. of the reason I like this book is I like well I like York because he's kind of a doofus, but he's yeah. a very <laughs> capable doofus. Like he gets them out of more uh, weird situations in the book because of his uh, innate knowledge of ridiculousness and the fact that he's magi- <laughs> he's a magician. Yeah, and, and like right. in this one, he's teaching, trying to teach a kid magic, and he can't pull the trick off. Um, again, in the comic, he can't pull that trick off, but it's because he's trying it for the first time. Right, right, uh, and yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, it's just I'm comparing this to Invincible, and I understood why you didn't like Invincible. I honestly, with Invincible, if I didn't read the comic, although I had issues, I would have issues with Invincible with some of the characterizations, even if I didn't read the comic, I see why people like that. This is just 
bad all the way through. Yeah. Not, I, I don't mean as an adaptation. It's even worse if you're counting on it as an adaptation. It's right. You know, it's, it's dog meat or whatever you want to call it as an adaptation mm-hmm. far worse for at least to me than invincible was, but as its own thing, I don't see how people, cause it, again, it's slow moving. There are no compelling characters. Yeah. None. Like you, you have all these morose characters. Yorick is a little punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's nothing like he is. And again, when I say nothing like he is, he doesn't have to be exactly like he is in a comic, but show some of the juice he had in the comic. As, and some of the, just like you said, he's a doofus. He says dumb stuff, but he's like, he has this energy about him mm-hmm. that affects everyone that's around him. And you don't have that here. He just brings everyone down. Right. And that's what, there is no character that stands out in a positive manner in this. It was kind of like how we well, we mentioned in Heels in that first episode, except we did have Crystal. Right. We did have Bobby. We did have Stacy. This one, you don't have anybody. And and yeah, I, this is not just like we're rating the first episode. This no, is three episodes. We're, we're so ta- that I'm talking a, about all three. I'm not, I'm not like, yeah, you know, talking about that's a good sample size yeah. of a 10 episode season. Three episodes is a very good sample size for you to determine where this show is going. It's the same thing. If you watched our ratings of heels, the first three episodes, the first one, the second one goes better than the first mm-hmm. and the third one's better than the second one. This one just ran through in the sense of it didn't build. It didn't right. get better. It right. just got worse, honestly. Yeah. Um, 100% every, like you, you, you kept texting me, Oh, I have to get through this, but you know, this is all, Put through the 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 lens of men are evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, women should be running the world. Um, you know, which you know, honestly, it should be like equal. You know, but you can't say that anymore. But the the real problem with this show is like like this Slate article talks about how it's it's you know high high pro, high product it's a current TV production model of a high TV pro, uh, high production value. This show happens in four different rooms for the most part. Yeah. There's a few scenes that happen outside. There was one scene with the helicopter landing. That's about it. That that's the like the production value for the show is just taking like zombie mannequins from The Walking Dead and laying them throughout the uh they're not even in the White House, whatever, whatever building they're in. You know, that, I mean, and that, they're wrapping them act, in plastic. Yeah. That's that's the production value that they're calling high production value. Um, but yeah, it, it's it doesn't have any of the fun, like as no. fun as a, of you know half of the population. You know, I mean, Thanos, Thanos, this is probably his favorite comic book. Um, <laughs> but like, I want I want to get back to Hero because Hero in the in the book is like lives up yeah. to the name hero. She is she is very much a character who who she's an EMT for a reason. Here she's a struggling addict. She's, you know, um she killed her boyfriend. She who... kills her boyfriend, right? She she refuses to let herself be found by her mom and and you know everything. Um and and because of when uh, I think I thought his name was Dan. I don't remember the boyfriend's name now. I really don't care. Um, when he dies, because she's in Boston, she's not in New York. Like everybody's in New York, right? Mm-hmm, when right. she when 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 he dies, and she joins the the daughters of the Amazon. Like this is a huge like 
moment for this character. And she eventually comes around um, back to herself, but she has a, a legitimate story arc. And here she's just sad and yeah. she's not taking any accountability for what she's done. No, she's not. And again, even again, even taking away from the comic book mm-hmm. and we're talking about Ace and not being redeemable. She killed, I don't care if it's an accident or not. She swung and killed someone because she was mad that yep. he didn't tell his wife they were seeing each other. You knew he had a wife. She said you knew he had just had a kid. How there that is the lowest of the low right there. Mm-hmm. And you're expecting us to get behind that or expecting fans to get behind a character that low. Well, that's the thing is the modern audience does get behind this kind of character because she doesn't have any kind of accountability. She, she's, you know, the, 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 the prototypical female character now. Yeah. I don't know. The other thing I was reading about is, um, with the daughters of the Amazon and the show, they're going to be really different. Um, instead of being led by Victoria, who was, you know, uh, I think a literature professor or whatever, or maybe history. Mm -hmm. Um, now, Missy Pyle is going to play a character that's a former police officer who distrusts men and uh, because of her professional experiences. See, well, why? Why? So, um, and then it says also in this late article, it remains to be seen how successfully the TV show will be able to sell Hero's heel turn. She killed a motherfucker in the first episode. She's what, already, what, she, I, yeah. I'm, she, uh, <laughs> what, what, uh, what is your definition of heel slate? Oh, I'm guessing it, it, it's, it's uh, something that starts with orange and bad. Yeah. Like this yeah. is, I mean, this is, this is the worst kind of propaganda. This is, this is yeah. stuff that no, if you, if you, if you like this show, please email me, uh, contact at infospodcast.com and, and please explain to me, what it is you liked about this show. Did you read the comic or not? And what did you like or dislike about the comic? Because I'm sorry. Why the last man is a masterpiece. Brian K. Vaughn is, is a master at sequential storytelling. And the fact that Mm -hmm. his name is listed on the show as an executive producer makes me want to throw up. And I wonder how much, pull he had in what they created here i I I didn't read have you read anything but if this is the reason we're not getting more saga i'm pissed off oh absolutely i'm pissed off at the fact that saga has been on break for two years if this is the reason yeah and and i remember when this when we first got this like the teaser for this before Mm -hmm. i read anything about it because i had forgotten about it because i you know like you said it's been in development hell for a long time and i got the t it was like a 30 second teaser or something. I was like, okay. And that was before I read any single thing about what they were doing behind the scenes and updating it or updating the politics and all that bullshit. And then I saw the real trailer and then I read articles about it and that my excitement for this plummeted. It's fan fiction. This show is fan fiction. It's not even good kind of fan fiction that you can take and be like, well, this was Twilight fan fiction, but now we're going to call it 50 shades of gray because it's so perverted. Um, (laughs) No, but like, like the whole thing, the whole, like the whole thing with them in the Pentagon, that is all made up. Yeah. It is all made up. And, and the fact that like 
these women are still so partisan. Because in the comic, they were not. Uh, the, one of the interesting things in the comic is the um, the senators and representatives, like the Republican ones whose, uh, whose husbands died, they like came to reclaim their seats, which they're legally yeah. allowed to do. Yeah. And, and and Jennifer Brown was not going to let them, but then the the woman who eventually assumed the president, who was supposed to be president, like she was like, hold on, like let's let's talk this out, and you know, and then Jennifer was like, oh yeah, let's talk this out. In this, she is one hundred percent a tyrant with a council of tyrants that is, you yeah. know, every shade of skin color that you uh, diversity for. that's it is, what it is it is the it is this is the most superficial show this is you know and like here's the thing is the first the the actual why the last band comic is a celebration of feminism and how women came together to make the world run in this it's partisan karenine at a level that I just do not understand. And Eliza Clark is the showrunner for this. Um, I just had her IMDb pulled up. Uh, but yeah, she's just like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I think, you know, she's, uh, she's going to be celebrated as some sort of like, auteur with a vision vision and it's like you're writing bad fan fiction like i told you like this is a compendium to to the to the show but i mean she was a she was a producer she's a producer on that show or was a producer on that show animal kingdom that's on tnt which i think is pretty good from what little bit i've seen of it uh she was a writer on the killing for a year which i didn't like the killing but it had nothing to do with the writing it was a particular actor who I, I don't care for and, and care to watch. <laughs> um, but I mean, she hasn't really written a ton of stuff. I mean, she's got two. And six, she's in that extant. She did 11. some stuff with the extant uh, yeah. show with. No, not the extant. Yeah. Extant. Extant. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but so she's got what? 10 episodes. Oh, I'm sorry. She's got, she's got five writing credits with a total of 10, 21. So she's got under like 30 episodes of television under her belt. And she is the showrunner, executive producer for this show. She's got three yeah. production credits as far as uh, TV series go with Animal Kingdom and then uh, Extant. And uh, yeah, she wrote a little bit for The Killing. She was a story editor for The Killing, and she was a assistant writer for Rubicon, which I think that was on Cinemax. Yeah, I've never. I, I, I don't know, I don't know anything about that. But, but again, like these are all entry level jobs that they're giving to people who are unqualified because they tick some sort of a box. Yes, and like you said, like her being celebrated. What do you think people that like us say, hey, I don't like this show for these reasons. What is the first thing they're going to call people like us? Oh, we're misogynist and racist and, you know, yeah. whatever kind of folks. But here's the thing. If this show was, again, like we're talking about, you know, the, the, the level of difficulty. The level of difficulty to do this show well, even if you want to add more context about what's happening in Washington, D.C., is a two. Yeah, and why? 
because it's easy. This is an easy like. The, I mean, we yeah. mostly live in this dystopia right now. Um, but yeah, but they're, they 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 it is they've instead of making this large expansive story, they've taken it in and they've made it this political drama that does not need to be the focal point of the show. And all this does yeah. is divide more. One hundred percent. So this isn't it about is, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it's the writing. It's lazy. It's it's creatively bankrupt. It it took something powerful, well done, and twisted it to their own freaking narrative that they wanted to you know wanted to get out there, and the legacy of this not necessarily this this property because there are a lot of people that never heard of this comic that are going to see this and i think a lot of people are not going to like this they're no. like what is this this is a 13 this is a comic book that ended 13 years ago and yeah. and here's the thing as much as i love the comic there's a point in the comic where it meanders and it meanders yeah, because oh, absolutely it, does. it focuses more on ampersand and less on yorick and less on fi- uh 355 um mm-hmm. but you know they gave no context to what the col- and they didn't even call it the Culper Ring. I forget what she called it, but it, the word Culper was in there. But the Culper Ring is like, it, you know, it may or may not exist. I don't know. It's like one of those like secret societies that like was allegedly started by George Washington, right? And like, where's the context of that? Like that that gives it so much more. I'm gonna steal your word, gravitas. And <laughs> th- I mean, like. Seriously, that that is that is the exact reason why he did that in the book, and I'm pretty sure it's a real thing, and I'm not even gonna bother looking it up. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, actually, I'm gonna look it up. It's but, real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, the Culper Ring. Uh, oh yeah, the Culper Ring was a network of spies active during the American Revolutionary War, organized by Major Benjamin Talmadge and General George. Washington in 1778 during the British occupation. The name Culper was suggested by George Washington and taken from Culper County, Virginia. The leaders of the spy ring were Abraham Woodhall and Robert Townsend, uh, using aliases Sam Culper Sr. and Sam Culper Jr., respectively. Talmadge was referred to as John Bolton. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the idea that the Culper ring started in 1778 and was still a thing, right? That's cool. That is really cool. And it adds it adds so much more depth to the character of 355 and the fact that she's super mysterious. And we don't learn any of this about her for the most part until way later in the in the in the in the run. But they just, you know, again, there's no slow burn. The the only slow burn is how slow the episode plotting is. There's yeah. there's they they don't like Modern storytelling, and this is happening in comics too, and this is like, you know, with lots of writers, uh, even ones we like, they just decide to like just throw it all out there instead of saving reveals. Yeah, and and this this what I was gonna say before you even said that, and that, that actually that really highlights it is that they don't trust their ability to write to write a character that's compelling that you know not very little about. And still can be able to connect with them. I'm, I'm going to make one addendum to what you just said. They don't have the ability to write yeah. a character that you care about and give them the depth that you need in which to care about them. 
that's yeah that's actually better that's better uh, phrased yeah it's just they don't they don't they these people do not have the ability to be storytellers because they're not interested in telling stories they're interested in telling a narrative and they're interested in putting their ideology front and center self and self-inserting as much as they possibly can and it's not just this show it's not i mean i I don't i don't think like looking back at heels right i'm sure alexander ludwig is a is a is a very nice man very nice very he's a very nice young man daryl here's a hard candy alexander um (laughs) but you know, I like you know Stephen about we know is a is a very nice man. Like he had an incident on a plane where he drank too much and got into a like you know yelling match with his wife, and he is a he like he immediately immediately apologized. He's like oh and like you know he took care of that. Um, you know you you look at these people and they they all they can do is self insert their own political ideology in their own, um. In a lot of cases, lack of moral fortitude in into these things, and you know it's just ridiculous. And when when this first came back about right a couple of weeks ago when that trailer came out, and you know everyone's like, oh well, it's going to change the dynamic of how we look at men and women. Really, I, I feel like the title of the book tells you everything you need to know about the difference between men and women in this universe of this book. I'm not even going to talk about yes. like the real world and the universe of this book. A man yeah. with a Y chromosome dies from the plague. Women with two X chromosomes are fine. It's that is really that simple. It's, it's, it's it is literally that simple. And the great thing about the book is they don't have to stretch to find like he, female heroes in this world. They're there because even Doctor Man. Who turns out to be a bit of an asshole in the comic. Not going to lie. Like, they're like, oh, well, we can't go with her. She doesn't have the right politics. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. Sorry. I mean, fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. It's, again, it's I. it's gotten to the point, and when we talk about, we're talking about ad- adaptations of, comic movies and stuff like that it's they are perverting these like the original properties with their lack of skill and lack of creativity and they're just making things worse worse because of it and then what they do is uh, like i said if with the people that don't like this they're going to be called all sorts of names just because i don't like this you know just go by what i say about what this is don't try to you know, psychoanalyze me as a person. I said, I don't like this because of X, Y, and Z. That's all you need to know. Mm -hmm. That's all that, that's all it really is. Yep. And that's, unfortunately, that's where things are, where there's always in one of these type of shows or movies that are specifically written with a a certain ideology in mind. If you go against that, no matter how bad it is, like if it's objectively bad, if you go, if you talk about it, you're some ist. Right. And that is, maddening like you know i mean you want to talk about like like female storytellers there's plenty of great ones out there there really are like one of my favorite directors of all time is Catherine bigelow Mm -hmm. and not just because she 
you know, directed Point Break. But did you ever see K-19, <laughs> The Widowmaker? No, I never saw that. So she directed that one. That movie is, it's about submarines. I'm a sucker for submarine yeah. movies. It's great. She did The Herd Locker. Great. She oh, did Zero yeah. Dark Thirty. Great. But the best movie that she ever did was Strange Days. Oh, I love that that movie. Strange, I remember that Strange in college. Days, that like, um, oh, what's her name? Um, she was T'Challa's mom in uh, Angela Bassett. Uh, no, Angelica. Uh, yeah, Angela Bassett. Thank you. Uh, like Angela Bassett in Strange Days is. Oh, I love like, it. Yeah, you know, uh, Mace Mason. There, like, she is. She's an amazing character. She's an amazing, well developed character. Where is any of that? Where, 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 where are 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 the the female creators who are going to look at what they're writing and say, "Let's make this person amazing. Let's yeah. let's let's not make this person me. Let's make this person amazing, and, yeah. and go from there." All right. Um, ooh, we're at an hour and eight minutes. I'm going to call yeah, it, but let's, 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 put, yeah, I was let's about say, let's just, yeah. let's call it. The time of death was <laughs> the time of death for why the last man, according to the Memphis podcast is eight fifty eight AM or PM on Friday, <laughs> September 17th. Um, all right. Out of five capuchin monkeys stuck in the sewer. What do you give it? If I knew nothing about the comic, I would give this a two. I don't. I still don't think it's a good. It's a good show. I it, like the pacing is wrong. No strong characters. There's no creativity in the writing or anything like that. So it it adds in of itself. It's bad as a two. Being someone who's read the comic and you know just before this has has caught up with almost like two of the trade paperbacks. So like the first year of the comic, pretty much, I give it a one. It's just that bad and it's such a perversion it 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 assassinates all these characters from yorick to uh beth who actually and oh know, yeah we, we didn't even talk about beth bit. yeah beth yeah, goes who, back who to is, cleveland cleveland yeah, his, who is who is super unlikable in oh, the time she, she is, is on screen in the in the in the seven minutes of screen time she had which was you know seven minutes of york screen time she was insufferable yeah. And in the comics, like, she's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. Like she has a light about her when she yes. her and York are talking. The whole first issue is mostly them on the phone talking, yeah. you know, interspersed with everything Why going on. She's on the satellite phone and like yeah. bounding through Australia. I mean, it's so yeah. I mean it it's such a good character. And and you know, again, these are people who do not have any affinity for the source material. They just have yeah. the intention to destroy. And with that said, I am going to give it a negative seven out of five. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. No, I've, wa yeah. I've watched too many of these properties that I love, that I love, get destroyed. Yeah. And it's, it's one of these things where, like I said, I understand why, like, as a lover of the uh, Invincible comic. I did not like the show, mm -hmm. but I could understand why. And I could point to things and tell people, hey, this part is cool. This part is cool. Mm -hmm. This is cool. Even though I didn't like it, this is cool. There is nothing in this show that I can point to and say, you know what? 
this was kind of this was okay. Well, I, I can. It's when the end credits started at the end of every episode. <laughs> um, no, I mean with Invincible, there you're right. There were a couple like really cool spots that we got to see kind of visualized from the comic book. But right. at the end of the day, the reason people like Invincible is because it is gratuitous violence. I would agree with that. Yes. Let's see, plain and simple. Yes. Right then and yes. There. Yeah. No. And that's coming from some pe- two people it. who have who read the comic and the comic was not you know rated pg the comic is stretch. not as gratuitous as the the first but the comic is but no, it is what i'm saying 100 percent it is 100 percent gratuitous with the violence because yeah ryan otley draws hanging entrails better than anyone on the planet <laughs> I, 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 the best I, in the business he is the chris jericho of drawing decapitated eviscerated uh bodies yeah i i'm i'm so glad that i'm done with this show i am going to make sure that it doesn't I, show because i don't want to be reminded I, I of this just, show one on i did i did not add this to my playlist <laughs> i have downvoted it so it won't show up and i apologize for making you watch this yeah yeah it's <sighs> but we're we're yeah, we're cleansed now. It's it's so. over and done with. And on to good th- stuff. Let's like next week we'll find something great that we can just gush about. Hopefully it'll be heels, but you know, even if it's not heels, we'll yeah, find something I mean, else. Like, I think heels will be good. Like I-, I like where heels is going. Just because like I, as a fan of television and as a fan of wrestling, did not like the way it happened because usually when you hurt someone in the ring, it's for a reason. Um not just for no reason at all. Ask Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like that. That was part of my issue. But yeah, I, I mean, I still gave it a three seven five. I mean, you know, it's, it's, that's yeah. a solid B. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. That's there. strong. Um, so. But yeah, it's uh, or B minus. Um, but this is just like this is just irredeemably stupid, and and like. It is. It's criminally boring, and still just like again, TV studios, movie studios, comic book studios, whatever. If you're going to hire someone to video game companies, if you're going to hire someone to lead these projects, please hire someone who has an affinity for them and wants to. Tell a story in a different medium, but not destroy the host. Yeah, and and yeah, that just seems like the what's 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 in now is doing that. You can go with you know the comics. You can go with stuff like Masters of the Universe. Like, and I'm going to say this right now: this is not just women who do this. Men are no, no, like, not at all. No, I mean, no. Like you know, definitely. When, when you're 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 looking at this show, you know a woman like Eliza Clark. You look at He Man, a woman like Kevin Smith, but like you look at like what Tom Taylor is doing, what um, Tom King is doing, and and unfortunately, I feel like the the praise we've been giving Tom Taylor lately might be coming to an end. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I, I I do like Tom Taylor, um, but like I like I, I we were just at the Cincinnati Comic Expo, and I was talking to this wonderfully nice woman who who wrote a great little comic book about a demon uh, or a guy who's infected with a demon or whatever who when people are nice to him he's a human when people are mean to him 
He's a demon. It's pretty cool. And the character happens to be bisexual. Now, when and what was, was the first thing when you said that? Like, I you said gave that spiel to me. I was like, this I said, is I was like, that was yeah. the that was the first thing I said when you when you told me. I was like, that sounds interesting. So here's the thing, though, is when she was describing the book to me and my 14 year old daughter, she said, this is a, a guy who when people are nice to him, he's human. And when people are mean to him, he's a demon and did not mention the sexuality of the character at all. We were looking through the, like Haley's reading the book on the way home. And it's like, oh, cool. You know. There's there's yeah. there's there, there's no reason to be upset by that because this is her own character. And yes. when you create your own characters, you make them as interesting as you can possibly be. And honestly, adding that layer to the character is interesting. Yeah, and the way she gave you the little snippet of what it's about and the fact that she did not put one of those checkbox uh, yeah, you know, descriptors in there tells me a lot about her too. Right, and she's not trying to indoctrinate my kid; she's just trying <laughs> to tell a good story. Yeah, and that's all we yeah. ask for. That that is all we ask for. And I understand; we both understand that everything is not going to be for us. I don't need everything to be for me, but the I things don't either. that were for me do not make them not for me. Yeah, and. There's plenty of movies I've seen where it's like, I can admit, look, I don't like the movie, but I can absolutely 100% see why people like this. I've done that a lot. Yeah. And I understand everything's not for me, but make it a good story. And like you said, stop with the alienating of a, a segment of the population, not because it's like, say it's My Little Pony or something that's directed towards kids. I mean, a per willful and purposeful alienation of care of you know a sec segment of the population for the simple matter of it fits your ideological stand principles and that's the problem where, where i have with a lot of this right. stuff is that you can see the malice and the immorality that's put in there because and i call it immorality is because the reasoning they're doing the reason they're doing this they're not doing it for a story yeah. They're doing it to divide. And I have a real I have it's serious issues with that. And I always will. Yeah. And when you have when you have companies like Slate not being able to um, accurately look at what's happening and give a realistic review of something and saying like, oh, almost nothing, almost nothing has changed that that's part of the problem. Yeah, that's the, just a damn lie. That, so. That's a lie. On oh, top of a lie. Yep the the person who wrote this uh, probably was not like reading in two thousand eight, um, you know, let alone in two thousand two when the book started. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things where, <sighs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, all right. On that note, November 8th, we're going to move this to the front of the episode at some point. But November 8th, uh, Fretboard Brewing, we are going to be doing a show. We will have a special guest who is going to help us talk about toys. Um, but the most important thing is we are going to be doing a event for toys. Or not an event, but we're going to be gathering toys for Toys for Tots. So uh, keep an eye on the website and uh, actually follow us on Facebook so we can, especially if you're local to Cincinnati, so we can invite you to the event. 
yeah, yeah. I All really right. like fretboard. Yeah, man. So. Um, I, I'm 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 dreaming about those wings. <laughs> those were pretty good. I might just go tomorrow. So we're like some. the. Yeah. So were the cheese like the cheese curds or whatever? Yeah, I'm getting they, cheese curds. Some of those. I'm getting cheese curds next time because I got the the fries and it was just way too much and I should not have been eating all of them. So, um, anyway, all right. On that note, we'll talk to you all next week. See ya. PFS Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page patreon.com slash infamous podcast we have some great rewards for our patrons are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear music for this podcast is provided by michael henry from meetmichaelhenry.com so whenever you're listening to us have a great day night evening weekend whenever it is and we'll see you next time thanks for listening